0: Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, Benficaindependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidades, if that's your thing, and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidades, but you really don't have the time, uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befica independent along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles uh, all independent. Everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befica uh, independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befica independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support. One at two and one at five uh and i believe the five gets you some uh, free swag so uh if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there uh please do support us uh by going to uh patreon.com backslash benfica independent <laughs>
1: Calma, as pessoas. de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para outra explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser Benfica. Eu sinto que é ser o Benfica. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão.
0: Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Topic to the Doll Benfica Podcast. Episode number 406 is what we're up to. My name is Alfred Fumassas. With you every Tuesday night or sometimes Wednesdays, sometimes Mondays or sometimes whenever we feel like it. But we're here. You can count on us. Uh, we're we're painfully awaiting for this season to be over and for the start of a new season. Um, my uh, my pain brothers
2: with me tonight, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é Cristiano? Tudo bem amigo? Como é My pain brothers. I've been called a lot of things but never a pain brother. Nonetheless, I'm excited to be back here once again to... Share this platform with you and, and my primo up north, the great David, the Oliveira, uh, to talk about, you know, a victory, uh, which I guess is something to be positive about, right? Positive Cristiano. I know, I know he's been missing for the last couple of weeks, but, uh, I'm trying to get him back on board. And so hopefully, uh, he'll be with us for the next, uh, for the next few weeks until, until we call this season a wrap. Two victories, right? Oh,
1: uh, yeah, that's true. We had didn't yeah. recap, uh, what was it? The Port Minas and uh, Santa Clara.
2: So many victories these days for me. We forget about them. Oh, <laughs> we can't own. even count. <laughs> Dave, uh, you've
0: heard of the Property Brothers and we're the Pain Brothers. What's happening?
1: The Pain Brothers. Some days are good, some days are bad, but it's always guaranteed pain. Good to be back on. And uh, I like to think of you guys as my therapy brothers, but Pain Brothers works as well. But lately it's been therapy, but uh, always good to be back on.
0: It's free therapy, that's for sure. It's not a uh, $100 an hour like you would pay a, to a therapist, but it is what it is. Um <laughs> <some> <laughs> to if use we got
1: that if we got that trademark, we'd be uh, we'd be a lot richer.
0: That's right. That's right. Um uh, on tonight's podcast, we obviously we're going to look back at both the Portimonense and the Santa Clara wins and we'll look ahead to Tondela uh which happens this uh Friday. Uh, as now the league has entered into this weird schedule, almost two per week, uh, games until
2: the end of, uh, of the championship, which I believe there's five left. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that after 1 p.m. on Saturdays, everything's closed? Like you can't go to no stores. Not you think it, that's why they're playing week games? What do you think? of No, I just, I think they're trying,
0: you know, and I spoke and I said, well, it's the 25th of April holiday and nobody's playing on Sunday. And sure enough. Sporting was playing on Sunday. Uh, I think that
2: uh, no Here's Dave, I,
0: when you need him, I I think that uh, it's just a compressed schedule now to end the the league early because of the Euros. That's the only thing. But I
2: think can. about it. What if they did play games? I guess they do, right, on Saturdays and Sundays after one PM when everything's oh, yeah. You can't go
0: into no, you can't go into a but building. Did, but it doesn't but matter. One... It doesn't matter because there's no fans on
2: the stands, so it's not going to matter. Oh, dude, you know. I got the North American in my head where the, now there's like 20%. Yeah, you know, you're it's 100%. It's nice, correct. man.
0: It's nice. You're
2: to 100%. See I didn't eat. Wow. It's nice, it's nice
0: to see people, man. It's nice to see people in the stands enjoying themselves and enjoying the match and also the players uh, enjoying that because I know that it sucks to play in uh, empty stadiums or to no one. I played like that. <laughs> for yeah, we, most uh, of the time, <laughs> for my playing days,
2: 99.9% <laughs> of my career is like that, and there was no COVID. <laughs> uh, uh, eh, nope, <laughs> so at least these guys can blame it on us.
0: We, we just, they, they... yeah. Um, let's um, let, let's start with the Portimenez game. I'll give you the lineup, we'll get into it. Helton was in gold for Tamendi, and Vertonghen. Gonzales and Grimaldo as the wing backs, Pizzi. Uh, Gabriel, Tarap in Rafa, and Seferovic up front. Obviously, um, Julian Weigel, his wife, went into labor, uh, asked to be excused the night before the game, and um, Gabriel jumped in, um, in in his place. Uh, in, uh, basically, this is the way we've been lining up. I don't think we're going away from, from this three-defender setup anymore. I think that's no. just...
2: I thought I was afraid I was going to say, well, Gabriel jumped in and uh, left <laughs> very briefly. I mean, yeah. You yeah. got a participation. Picked up a yellow card and
0: left. Picked up a, a yellow card, a yellow card for his his troubles, and he, he was gone. At halftime, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think he was gone at halftime. Yeah. Darwin came in at mm-hmm. halftime. Um, so, again, uh, <laughs> some more pain and in in misery in terms of what I think we, we I I think we have been
2: I think we should recap these games we give the starting lineup we give the final score or we move on I don't know move on to talking about I don't know something grass growing. you, and...
0: you don't want to talk about a game uh, in which uh, Darwin had a goal and Seferovic yeah. had, uh, the, had a the brace
2: mo- the most interesting part about that game the one thing I'm most interested in in knowing and, and I'm pretty sure Dave is on his on his you know hands and knees also waiting for the response when Darwin scored, did you cry? I would I didn't even watch the game live. Oh, so you weren't crying this time. Okay. I thought it was, was going to be like a weekly thing now when he scores you cry. That's, no, but he No,
1: I don't. He, I, he, he cried. didn't watch the game. He didn't watch the game, but yet at that exact moment he cried. It was it was this supernatural feeling that when Darwin scores Alfredo cries or whoever cries, you you just
2: know. You don't have to be watching. I, 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 I'll tell you a funny story. Sayon ma pinginiam. I can't tell you from where.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll
2: tell you a funny story. <laughs> this is this has been Benfica's season all year in Darwin, I guess. <laughs> right? So I'm watching the game with somebody, and they're like, oh, this guy JJ, he's terrible. I'm like, why? He burned this kid. This kid's scoring goals left and right. What? Yeah, yeah he burned him. I said, left and right. I mean you only had like seven of them, so it couldn't have been a lot. Well me scored three and we're like you're making my case even stronger. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So you thought, yeah, ta, 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 ta. and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I wasn't gonna sit there and argue with the guy. I'm like, okay, you think you think this guy's an exceptional player. So he comes in for the for the aforementioned Gabriel, and his very first touch, about a minute into the game, whatever it was, puts the ball in the moon. <laughs> I looked at the guy and I said, So this is the guy that you saying is all that. And he goes, Oh but his, his second touch ended up in the back of the net. And then he scored. Then he scored. So we both looked good that day. That, and that, that's what I said. That's kind of how the Benfica season is: yes. Up and down. Up and down. And then yeah. he had a couple other chances where he tripped again on his own feet. Again, right back to reality. It's a, a pass it's like a mo- montana rusa. A, a, a pass
0: behind Seferovic when they were had like a 2-on-1 going. Um, Somehow somebody on Twitter found a way to blame Sferovic for running too fast. Sferovic running too fast. I, you know, that's not something I equate together. But anyway, um, from the things I've read and also from what I watched, uh, Darwin has a positive influence
2: on the result. And in that second half, he had a positive test for COVID. That we know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about anything else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, Uh, um, yeah, but you know, more of the same. I think that we'll spare you from, from describing what this Benfica has been in these past games. And when we thought Benfica was gathering some with some momentum and clean sheets and solid defensively and scoring goals, we get that Gilles Vicente game that just was a, a punch in the stomach. And now it's just, we just see a Benfica that I think that the team has kind of resigned itself to. Um, kind of playing out the rest of the games. Uh, and perhaps look, if second place comes and that automatic birth into the UCL happens, happens. If not, they think they, they have, they have the ability to, to beat the Pauks of this life and that, uh, bro, third we're still qualifier. gonna be champions.
2: What are you talking about? Second place. We're, we're gonna overtake second place. Then Sporting's is gonna get, I don't know, some type of deduction for Palinha. It's, Sporting's gonna wind up in fourth. Uh <laughs> I mean they're still gonna get direct right qualification, but now all jokes aside. You you know, and I know you try you you were trying to head down the right path. Uh obviously uh I talked a bunch of gibberish. You wanted to talk about Darwin and I know that first half was nothing to talk about, so nah. let's just skip right on to the second half. When once Darwin came in and look, on that very first touch it was atrocious, obviously uh shocked a lot of people it didn't shock me at all but then a few minutes later he gets a ball uh I don't know it was like a lollipop pass I don't know it was like a ballon par kind of I don't know how to express I don't know look I know how to do these things I don't know how to, how to, how to you know explain or express how these these things are have but at the end of the day he gets between two guys fights them off for the ball and he puts the ball in the back he miss it <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless it wound up in the back of the net so as you were seriously trying to have a serious football conversation on the Benfica podcast and we trust me dave and i the olivera is here we appreciate that very much um you know he does have a positive effect say what you want it's another threat a guy that's very powerful and he's got the speed and you know he could he could once he gets that attitude that we see the never say die attitude he brings a lot to the game you know obviously he changes the game with the pressure he puts on the opposition but it leaves a lot to be desired when it comes to on the finishing, whether it's one on one with the goalie or even the passing. Like you said, he's you know he got a two two on on, on, on nobody practically against the goalkeeper, and he puts the ball behind his his teammate. But if he's ever able to fine tune these little hiccups in his game, then maybe he'll be that guy that we all anticipated coming into the season. He'll be the guy that Benfica paid twenty five million for, and we hope that with the full preseason under his belt. This coming summer, and you know more comfortability in Portugal and getting to know his teammates a lot more. We hope that that is the player that he turns out to to, to become. It's not that we root against him on a weekly basis. I just I like having fun. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, as I was telling the person I was with, that you know he hasn't been very good. Then he scores, I was ecstatic. I mean, good, fantastic. You know, I hope he does that every single week. So, um, but that's just you know microcosm of a benfica season
0: up in yeah. down Yeah, Dave, what'd you think of the game, man? Were you happy uh, at least that Seferovic scored?
1: He scored. You scored too. We can't forget that he scored a, a brace. So uh, and the first that first goal. Jesus, I didn't think he had it in him. He put it right in the top corner. If he tried to do that again, uh, I don't think he'd uh, we'd, he'd be able to hit it. The uh, what is right rest foot? The season. The right foot, but. Uh, Got the the two goals and uh, much better performance in the second half compared to the uh, the first half here. Uh, yeah. So I guess I guess if we can uh, equate uh, that substitution at halftime, I guess Darwin uh, did have a positive impact on uh, on this game. But uh, me and Chris talked after the the game, and like uh, Chris said, he's got one goal. But he also made two. Uh, he also made two mistakes where he could have uh, had three goals, and my boy Seferovic had, had two goals. But yet Darwin gets the player of the match, right? So, yeah, I didn't um, get that.
2: And as thing, stand, Dave, he's he, your boy Sefero miss, which then helped as, the as, as, as of this
1: as of this past game. Yeah, he, he, he turns passed. it back to, to
2: Seferovic. He's the leading goal scorer in the league but yet people are still aren't happy. It's still not I mean look, does he miss a lot? Yes, but he's obviously the best of the worst, right?
1: <laughs> he's the best like I, what I, what, I, what I say, a broken clock is right twice a day. He's yeah. he's going to have some some uh some success once in a while.
0: Yeah, um I <laughs> I think that Seferovic at this point because of the last run that he's had where he was scoring almost in every single game uh that he's kind of bought himself some slack uh I mean he against um <laughs> against the uh, against Santa Clara, he had a fu- he had a miss there man that I was like holy shit how do you miss that uh, but that's just Sef- that's what Seferov be- brings to the table and like chris is saying. It's a microcosm of what Befica's season has has been. There I mean, there's times and there's periods in play where Befica plays to their abilities. They're moving the ball fast, the players are moving, there's combinations, there's dynamics between the plays, there's guys showing up in spaces, there's guys opening up spaces, then the pace of the combinations really help breaking down defenses and We've seen that at times. It just hasn't been as consistent as we would have liked it or as consistent to be able to put Benfica at a different level. So when we talk about Darwin, when we talk about um, uh, Seferovic and the inconsistencies in their game, it's really a microcosm of what the season for Benfica has been. But nonetheless, three points um, against Portim uh, you know, and, uh, on to the next one, next one, but they've numbers on that game. Cause we, we might have something. We, um...
1: we talk about these, uh, big players like Darwin and Sefero scoring. We even forgot to mention Pizzi. He got on, he was the first one to get on the scoreboard. Uh, the Monku master got his 90th goal and, uh, of his Benfica career equaling uh, João Vieira Pinto's record of 90 uh, career goals for Benfica. So the Manco master is climbing up the uh, the goal tally charts in Benfica history. We'll uh, have a spot for him in the museum, sure enough, when uh, his career is over. Uh, sixth time this season, Soferovic has scored a brace. Uh, currently the league's uh, top goal scorer with 18. Uh, Grimaldo also picked up two assists in the game on uh, Pizzi and Seferovic's second goal, making him the uh, league's top uh, player with assists with eight. And uh, like we said, Darwin scoring in this match, and uh, he scored in both games against uh, Portimanes uh, this season.
0: Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Did you mention that Pizzi stat or no?
1: Yeah, I mentioned Pizzi right off the top 90 goals tying uh, Jean Vieira Pinto.
0: Um, <laughs> we were actually having this conversation all, uh, while we were waiting for Chris to, to to join us. And, um, I was telling Dave that I'm, I've, I've kind of to hear Pizzi and João Vieira Pinto mention the same conversation with the same numbers. To me, it's almost embarrassing because I know what João Vieira, what type of player João Vieira Pinto was, uh, and what he meant, uh, not only to Benfica during some of the worst times of Benfica, um, but also has a, as a, as a player and two fans. Uh, and Chris, both Chris and I, you know, we grew up watching Jean-Vierre Pinto, Dave, not so much, uh, but Chris also made the argument, look, when you have the, the stats and the numbers, uh, that's all people are going to look at. And I mean, we have the example of the baseball hall of fame, which Chris is very familiar with that there's probably a lot of guys that are in there because of their numbers and not for compilers. being compilers. Yeah, not for They're being compilers. the yeah. the, stat, the the all-star players that they that they were. Um so when Pizzi when is is mentioned in the same conversation as Juan Vieira Pinta it's like I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but it's it's hard to put those two players on the same level in terms of the 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 skill ability the impact that they had for, I mean, João Vieira Pinto carried Benfica on his back, uh, much like Simone did, uh, a few years later. Um, and a lot of people, I think that sometimes they forget that even, even the, the, the younger generation doesn't have a full appreciation for who João Pinto was. Uh, and they probably remember that Benfica gave him a kick in the ass and he ended up at Sporting, which is, when Sporting won their championship, his first year at Sporting. Um, and, you know, and that's all history. But to, to have these guys mentioned in the same sentence, I don't know how I feel yeah, about but that. It,
2: uh, but it's unfair. I and mean, I told you guys this before. Do we all know, comparing the two as players, there's no comparison, right? Jean-Figuero Pinto, João Vieira Pinto, he's... You know, we all know how important he was, how good of a player he was. He's the type of guy that showed up in big games, not just against Monkos. He was, you know, everything we all want Benfica players to be. That being said, PZ, whether he's a Monkko master or not, you guys know exactly how I feel about him. The facts will still be there that he's going to have these types of numbers as a midfielder getting to 100 goals. It's nothing to sneeze at. Whether we think, you know, he's as good as Juan Viera Pinto or not, that's that's a totally different conversation. But it's unfair to him as well. Right, he's putting up the numbers. I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, and you know, five titles or you know, 100 goals, yeah, you know, look, it should be a mention, right? He should be in the Hall of Fame as well because there, I'm pretty sure there's, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure there's another midfielder in the history of Benfica that that, have, that has done that. So he should get his praise. But I just people need to 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 to, to understand that there's different levels to this, <laughs> and I say this often, right? There's different levels to it. Because he matched Juan Vieira Pinto, get to know your history, get to understand who Juan Vieira Pinto was as a player, as a person, what he meant for Benfica. And, you know, don't make the mistake of comparing them, but just, you know, appreciate the two of them uh, for what they've done. But understand that Juan Vieira Pinto is a god in our book. Yeah, as simple as that. And I think that if Juan Vieira Pinto is
0: present through the, year, the first years of JJ, uh, because it's all about context, right? Um, if João Vieira Pinto is, is present during those years, he would, to me, he was always world class. Cristiano, you remember, um, João Vieira Pinto was, um, the youngest member of that U20 Portuguese back team, to back. team that won in Saudi Arabia. He wasn't he, even, he was only he was 17 years old. Yeah. Yep. And he and played he in it that in Portugal. team. Mm-hmm.
2: And then he won it in Portugal. Back to back, um, he was so- 17 years old. He went to Atlético Madrid. They could only play two foreigners at the time. That was the league, the the, the, the league rule, La Liga rule. You can only play two foreigners, have two foreigners on the field, um, and one was Paulo Futre, Portuguese players at the time considered foreigners, and the other one was Prosenetski. So it's yep. kind of like you have Paulo Futre who at the time in the late 80s was arguably the greatest player on the earth on the face of the earth, not named Diego Armando Maradona. Um, and then you have Prosa, who's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player, um, you know, at, at Athletic, and so he oh, never all, in really got, all in their prime, I all in mean, their prime. And he never got to play. And, and Futri often tells stories that he'd he'd watch this kid in practice, and he just marvel at him, like why isn't this guy playing? But he understood, like well, in order for him to play, I have to sit out. I don't want to sit out. <laughs> and so, it, look, luckily Benfica scooped him up, and uh, he was just, I mean, he was a different level player. This is the type of player that could have played practically in every other team around the world, um, in any league in the world, just just a phenomenal player, but was very content representing Benfica, very content staying in Portugal. I guess he did have the early experience um, outside of Portugal and he didn't like it. And so he just decided to to play out his career in the Portuguese league. And it was a very successful one. The one thing to me, and I told you guys this all fair, and I'll say it now. So people know exactly where I stand. Um, João Vieira Pinto is a phenomenal player. I've I've definitely seen better players in my lifetime than João Vieira Pinto. But the one thing I will forever be grateful of uh, of João Vieira Pinto is if you guys remember this Voador Kentu 9394 um that summer, right? It was 9394. That summer when Pacheco and Paulo Souza jumped ship and they went over, they rescinded their contract. So basically for for you youngsters that 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 don't remember or not aware of that time uh, They had, we had a little, a little something similar to what's happened to Sporting. Once they had the attacks um, on the academy and i shit, some of the players, they, they, they rescinded their contract for just cause and Benfica at the time they were, they were, they hadn't paid their salaries in in a couple of months or whatever it was. And so players had the right to rescind their contracts due to just cause due to the fact that they were, they hadn't received their, their, their their paychecks. And so Pacheco, uh, Paulo Sousa were approached by Sporting, presented very good offers and very, pro- very good projects. And they decided to jump ship. And the very next guy that they went after was Juan Viera Pinto. Um, and our president at the time drove to Spain, I believe, convinced them that, look, we're going to get the loans. We're going to get this straightened out. We need you to stay. You know, one thing that I will forever be grateful, going back to my original point, is had he jumped ship like Paulo Sousa done, did and Pacheco did, I'm not sure if Benfica recovers. If we're recovered, I know it's it's been it's been a very long time ever since we're getting nearly you know to 30 years. But had he left, I think the resources of the world, these Vitor I think a lot of those guys might have followed might have followed him out the door, and, and we don't know what happens to Benfica. But the fact that he had the loyalty, he believed in the project, he believed in Benfica, he believed in those in, in front of the club. And he wanted to do the right thing because he understood the importance of what Benfica meant to the Portuguese people. And he knew what it meant to Portuguese sport. And he decided to stay when he could have very easily gotten you know, bigger paychecks from other clubs. And he's the guy that held it all together. And for that, I will always be grateful. So if I considered him like on a scale 1 to 10, let's say I thought he was an 8 because of what he did. He'll, in my book, he'll forever be a 10. I will always give that guy the utmost respect for what he's done. I don't hold it against him for, for going to Sporting when, once we basically pushed him out the door, um, he, he did what he had to do. Uh, he's a professional player. And at that time, if he didn't want him, look, he took his best next offer. He didn't have to, I'm pretty sure. He didn't have to move house. He didn't have to move his kids. He didn't have to do none. He just, just instead of making a right, he made a left or instead of making a left, he made a right, or instead of making a right, whatever, you know, the, 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 what I'm trying to say. So he stayed in town and he did what he had to do. But to me, that guy should have a lot more respect, should have a lot more recognition from the Mifiquises and of the club itself.
0: Yeah, and and <clears throat> I was also telling this to Dave, and this might be an unpopular opinion, and I don't know how you feel, but I guess you could, you could tell me how you feel. But out of that generation, um, João Pinto, for me, was probably the most gifted player in terms of technical ability. Uh, and we know that what what happened with Rukost and we know what happened to Figo, that they went on to bigger leagues to elevate the games, that they were challenged to play with better players. João Pinto never got that opportunity and their visibility. But in terms of ability, raw ability, feet, I think that João Pinto is, for me at least, is probably the best player of that generation. And, and I know, Christina, you're probably going to have a different opinion of me. But uh, but for me, at least, from what
2: I can remember from those guys. I'll answer that question like this. You wouldn't have met a bigger Rui Costa fan than myself uh, throughout my whole you know, teenage years and whatever. And even high succumbed to the realization that Luis Figo was just a better player. Again, it's not knocking Rui, but different players, but just the other guy was just a notch above. So I hope it answers your question. Not saying that those other guys were bad players, but I just, I think Figo is another one of those guys that, that, that played on those fantastic Barcelona teams. He got a lot of respect. Then he, you know, obviously jumped ship, went to the bitter rivals, Real Madrid played with a bunch, a bunch of mega stars and he got lost in the shuffle. And Figo is another one of those guys that maybe had he stayed at barcelona and went on to doing his thing it was him and rivaldo at the time instead of having the 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 the, the galaticos and whatever maybe he would have gotten a little bit more organized figo's one of those special players um that i i also you know again as i've said i, I believe he he deserves more figo to be frankly honest with you did what Paulo Futre was afraid of doing because Paulo Futre at the time was the man, like I've mentioned before. Anyone not, you know, not named Diego Romano Maradona, he was, he was, you know, he was obviously heading and heels above all those other guys. And when he was tearing it up at Atlético, he had the opportunity to go over to Real, and he's told this story many times. And he said, you know, me staying here, I'll be a legend forever. Me going to Real Madrid, I'm just going to be another one of those guys. And I think. That's happened with Figo a little bit, so uh, this is about aboutvier pinto whatever right, yeah, yeah. But I think Figo is just he's i mean that guy's
0: is... yeah and 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 lastly, what I wanted to say was that i'm we were also talking about this, and i'm uh, you know I regret not, not having recorded that and edited that conversation that we were having before we went live on but i'm I'm surprised that Benfica hasn't or Benfica and João pinto have haven't come closer together uh, to celebrate the player. Again, I don't know if those attempts have been made by the club, and Juan Pinto has kind of been neutral because he's now with the FPF, so he he has to remain neutral. But the other thing that I would suggest, and Dave and I were talking about this, Bivica has a museum, and you know how museums have a month where they celebrate a particular discipline, category, art style, whatever it is, I think a great idea for the Benfica Museum was to have a section in which they play tribute to a club legend. So for one month straight or two months straight, just have that legend. Have some mementos, have some shirts, have some stories, have some video testimony just to pay tribute. Because as a Benficista, I go to the museum once, and if you've seen it once and you had spent enough time there, you've seen it. You've seen all of it. But if you all of a sudden have these features that call in people, oh, you know, I, w- I really want to go check that that João Pinto display or, or tribute, whatever, I think that's a great idea for the museum
2: uh to be able to attract people. I like it. I like it because obviously change it up and it gives you a new reason to come back all the time. But now I think deep down inside, they're worried about, you know, the month of Maxi Rodriguez or the month of Andre Almeida. <laughs> 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 Maxi Pereira, pa. Pereira. <laughs> I get those names. All right. I go down. Imagine the month of Andre Almeida. You know what I mean? Like, and then you got a, uh, you know, request the month. and you got eight people there for, you know, I don't think they want to, they want to embarrass you, anybody. You got
0: uh, you got enough players as club legends alive and also passed away that you you shouldn't. It would be twenty
2: years before you could get to Andrea. Alme. Oh yeah, especially the way, <laughs> especially the way the Benfiquistas are now. That you play a Benfica for two days, you're a legend. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Everybody, there's right. plenty of legends. But so,
0: there's the the idea for the museum, and if the museum ever does that, you know where that originated. Dave, record that man on the twenty seventh of April of two thousand twenty one. Alfredo had this brilliant idea about the museum having feature. Displays to honor players and also as a marketing ploy to pull their fans into the museum. So write that down, Dave. The idea came from me. I'll deserve all the credit.
2: Write it on the ceiling of the room you're in. Like when you're in jail, you write it up, write it on the ceiling, Dave. Like that you don't forget it. (laughs) That's right. So, um, we're, we're doing everything
0: to avoid talking about Benfica <laughs> games. If you guys don't, don't, don't haven't realized that. But I think this Joan Pinto piece was actually something. Um, and if, if you guys are not old enough, uh, to have seen Joan Pinto play, uh, I really, uh, suggest that, um, that you go check some of those videos out on YouTube. And it's, it, it, the guy was really incredible. Uh, turning our attention now to Santa Clara. Uh, the game that happened, uh, this past Monday or yesterday as we record this, uh, Tarabt, uh, picked up an injury and looks like he's going to be out for a while. And, and Chris, uh, JJ explained that injury, uh, and he obviously used, uh, Ramadan, uh, to, uh, to justify it, right? He said that with players going through Ramadan, we know we have to pay, to, to pay very special attention to these players that are undergoing this, um, religious, Uh, observance if you will Uh, and Tarap picked up an injury uh, and it looks like it was something that was connected to Ramadan and last week I said here well maybe JJ had the foresight of substituting uh, uh, Tarap because he felt that he was really going to put Tarap in a very delicate position and probably injury prone and and sure enough Tarap picked up an injury and it looks like he might be out for a couple weeks now Uh, and he also said that that up is needed in this Benfica team. That there's no one on this Benfica team that has the ability in terms of the transitions, in terms of carrying the ball, in terms of going forward with the ball and really leading this team into attack like that up.
2: Well, I mean, I haven't looked at the schedule. When you say he's out for a couple of weeks, considering Benfica's playing two games a week with five games left, that's really like two and a half weeks, three weeks left of the season, no? Yeah, I don't and then know. obviously, if- you have the Tassa Portugal, but. Yeah, he confirmed that he was going to be out against Tondela,
0: which is the game that comes up this Friday. But I don't know about Porto. Porto is on Thursday, so a week from this Thursday, we'll play <laughs> Porto. Uh, but I'll give you the lineup real quick. Kelton was in goal again with the back four: Verissimo, Tamini, and Vertogen. Uh, Otamendi with the yellow card, uh, suspension, and he ended up picking up a, a yellow card at the end of the game, at the end of the game. So he won't play against Sundela, but he'll have a clean slate for Porto. Uh, Gonçalves. Same Grim- Bo- e- Gonçalves outside. was also on, on a yellow card, uh, suspension. Grimaldo on the other side. Weigel and Pizzi. Weigel also picked up the yellow card to clean up. And that was Weigel's ninth yellow card of the season. Um, Rafa Everton on the wing, Sheferovic up front. Um, so that was, uh, just a little change there with Everton on the wing instead of Walshmit Walshmit who had been, uh, on a streak of, of starts, um, gets to sit for, for Everton, um, tie in a first round against the Santa Clara team, a Santa Clara team that is, uh, has been doing decent this, uh, this season, they're well-coached, decided to press Mifika high, uh, from the get-go and Mifika had a lot of difficulty coming out of, uh, of their half. Uh, they resorted to long balls, which would eventually be defended and repossessed by Santa Clara. But uh, again, a, a miserable, miserable first half uh, by Benfica, who uh, went into the locker room up one nothing, courtesy of an own goal. So the second uh, game in a row where Benfica has benefited from an own goal. Dave, what do you think of this first half, brother?
1: Second game in a row that they benefited from an old goal, and they both of those crosses, if I'm not mistaken, come uh, from Everton. So he's he creates both of those uh chances, but yeah, uh, it wasn't a, a good uh first half. And uh, not to jump too ahead of ourselves, but the the way they started the uh the second half was even worse than the uh the first half. Um but yeah. uh, at the only positive is that that own goal because we don't have a, a single shot on target that that first half, except for but we are, but we're up uh, one nothing at halftime. So explain that one to me.
0: Yeah, miserable and without even resorting to the goal point statistics, um, I could tell you that the Benfica was dominated in terms of shots taken by Santa Clara, uh, and again the second half started again as David mentioned in Santa Clara again, uh, benefiting from. Two good chances in the second half to start. Uh, they would eventually tie the game in the 62nd 60, 60 minute. Uh, a couple of substitutions for Benfica, Chiquinho in a 58, Darwin, um, in the 68. Uh, and then Chiquinho would eventually, uh, put Benfica up ahead 2 one off of a cross of, uh, of Diogo Gonçalves. Uh, and I think Benfica didn't look back after that. I think that Benfica controlled uh, the rest of the game from Santa Clara. But really, uh, you can't take any uh, merit away from Santa Clara. I thought they, they came uh, to start to to play Benfica eye-to-eye. And, Chris, that's what teams do these. They, they they have no respect. They're like Rodney Dangerfield. Benfica's like
2: Rodney Dangerfield. They get no respect. <laughs> One shot on goal, which was a Chiquinho goal. I don't even think that was a shot. He just didn't it. Uh, He just, I think he was afraid that if he actually shot, he's gonna put it in the moon. So he just let that hit his foot and redirected it, and it squeaked in between, you know, three defenders, the goalkeeper. But whatever, it went in, and and it was good enough to give Benfica the lead. And all you need to know about this game is that Shikinu got man of the match. <laughs> that that's that that's all you need to know. What type of game this was? Shikinu got man of the match.
1: Yeah, what, that's, what, that's, which one is which one is worse? Shakingu's man of the match or Darwin's man of the match? The the previous uh, previous match. You know what uh,
0: what the what the what the common denominator is in that? Two guys that came off the bench. Oh, JJ's, they made JJ They made somewhat of an impact. Uh, JJ making them <laughs> dance. That, that that's that's how that common denominator. Or if you want to find a common ground, is two guys that came off the bench. It made an impact in the game, but that just goes to show where was the rest of the
2: starting team <laughs> that the men of the I'll match t- is a guy that comes off the bench. I'll tell you this much. <sighs> we <laughs> I can't even,
0: we, we've ran out of words. You, got,
2: you guys were, were praising Safetovic for that phenomenal finish with his right foot. And then you fat like you, You know, if you are trying to sell them, that's that's one of the goals you put right there, like that right-footed shot. But you got to make sure you hide the highlights from a game like this (laughs) because nobody's ever going to buy this guy. I mean, he's inside the six for Christ's sake. And, I mean, I think it was harder to miss than it was to hit the target. And it's just – I mean, the game, again, Benfica hasn't played throughout the whole year. They haven't been spectacular with the exception of a few spurts and games, uh, uh, you know, occasionally throughout the season. Even when they play bad, they come up with two or three of these occasions that are harder to miss than they are to score. And they somehow, some way, so then it becomes a much tougher, tougher game. When in reality, not that you did much to 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 deserve the victory, but at least you could have had some breathing room. And no, we just, I mean, we have to make everything tough at all times. We just can't make it easy.
0: Not at all. Come here. Se fosse fácil
2: não era para nós. Era a Rui Vitória, sim? É para ser. O anoito. I was one along with. <laughs> Bom trabalho. Yeah, but there it is. We're gonna, we're gonna get printouts. Se fosse fácil não era para nós. Bom trabalho. At the bottom. We'll I, uh, those.
0: Yeah, I just read that he's back on the market. He's ready to coach again.
2: I just read yeah, yeah. that on Tottenham. To Tottenham. Jesus. Tottenham. Tottenham, Tottenham, whatever the hell you call them, team. Uh, Dave, numbers
0: on this game, brother.
1: Uh, You wanted the goal point uh, (laughs) stats on the shots. (laughs) 16 shots for Santa Clara, 10 for uh, Benfica. Seven of uh, Santa Clara's 16 uh, shots were on target. And like we said, only uh, one of the 10 that Benfica had were on uh, target, which was uh, Shikingu's goal. Uh, Helton late made uh, a season high six saves uh, and after not conceding a goal in seven straight matches, Benfica is now conceded in their last uh, three matches.
2: There you go. I mean, when you consider that there's still a second place, a champions or even a third place, right, for, for, for that matter, a Champions League spot up for grabs. We're still playing for one of those spots. And we're all dying for this season to die, to end already, dude. Like, it, it's amazing. It's amazing that there's so much to be to, yet to be played, and we we're like, all right, come on, let's yeah, pack it in, pack it in. Pre-season. No, as I'm writing my notes at the end of
0: this this um, this game and and my thoughts on on the second half and the game in general, the one thing that occurred to me, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, is that it almost feels that this team has called it in. That's it called it in, you know, especially with uh with Braga losing to uh to sporting um it just seems that this team thinks that they'll at minimum grab that third spot at minimum
1: i i hope not because, is uh, is it the, is that lack know, of attitude man, and effort yeah. man Fuck. yeah,
2: but see Alfredo, I think that you'll be sent to loss, right. Was before the the Braga Sporting? No, it was, know? it was. Uh, yeah, but now
0: we were put in a, in a position where if Braga beats Sporting, right? We're put.
2: We're very tight. We're very because I think they uh, would have jumped a point ahead of us. Actually, they were. Yeah, that's they right. Or one or two. That, I think they were one behind us or two behind. Whatever it was. I think they would have jumped ahead of us had they won that game. Yeah. So yeah, things would have been. Yeah, because they're five now. No, so they, they were dropped one. No, they were. Yeah, that's yeah. They would have jumped one. Yeah, they're they're if five now. If, if we, we didn't win, if we didn't win, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, would have put the pressure on us, and I think that the team no, is well, I'm probably about
2: relieved. if Braga would have beaten Spartan, they would have overtaken us. That's what I'm saying. But Benfica's one off the next two games. Braga lost, so they goes to right. five five points. That's yeah. what I'm saying.
0: I think I think you're right. Without checking the numbers, yeah, yeah. Um, Even when I'm yeah. wrong, I'm right.
2: Our stats guy does say <laughs> I'm wrong. So you like I'm the right. clock.
0: You like the broken clock. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I, but yeah, I think that we all share the but same yeah. feeling. We're we're, we're dying. Yeah. We're dying for the season to end. And
2: I'm not dying. I mean, I just, I do want it to end. Yeah. I don't want to die.
0: The only thing that I have to look forward to is that, um, that Portuguese final, the Portuguese cup final. And I just hope that they don't, they don't disappoint us.
2: Well, Prepare to be disappointed, and yeah. anything after that is is gravy. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> expect the worst. <laughs> right. Expect the worst, and hope prepare for the best. For
2: the worst, it's, it's prepare for the worst, and expect to expect yeah. the best. That's expect
0: nothing, is. and you won't be disappointed. That that also exactly. Yeah. He's doing. Uh, so we got uh, Tondela, which is uh, the butt of of many jokes that we like to uh, use the the. <laughs> the, the double entendre with, whatever it is. What's that called when you tondela? When you use uh, words to make some kind of a joke, Dave? Come on. I'm I'm a foreigner. Yeah, I don't I'm not know an English. Not Alfredo in
2: English be English thinking about this out of tondela. There it is. <laughs> yeah, we're we're hilarious, bro. I'm telling you. I think we should start doing comedy. Every year
1: we got the same joke. Hey, same joke. it works.
2: And me and Alfredo laugh every year. <laughs> It works that for Porto, it
1: works cocks. for
0: Sporting, yeah.
1: That one in the cocks.
0: It's the joke that keeps on giving, that cock joke. <laughs>
2: the cock joke and the Tondela.
0: <laughs> the Tondela, that's right. There it is. That's right. Um, so yeah, so we got Tondela <laughs> this Friday, 7 p.m. local. Tondela is currently ninth. What else is uh, Tondela up to, this?
1: Yeah, ninth with uh, 35 points from 10 wins, 6 draws, 13 losses. Uh, they're currently tied with Nacional for most goals uh, conceded this season with 47. Mm-hmm. So uh Be team easy. that likes to uh, concede goals there, but they do score quite a bit uh, as well. Uh, Tondela coming into this match, uh, winners of their last three or uh, three of their last five matches. Uh, only a draw against Famalicao and a loss uh, in Por- uh, against Porto uh, to round out that that's that. Uh, they're led up front by their Spanish striker Mario Gonzalez, who has uh, 13 goals uh, this season on loan from uh, Villarreal. Yep. And like like we said, Altamendi and Vigo will be suspended for this uh, this match here. Was it
2: Benfica yep. coming close to 100 goals for the year, like in all comps or something like that?
1: You
2: know, let me check. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, I think because we were like a 92 or something, not too long.
1: We're ago, at 98 so. right now. Okay, so,
2: yeah. All right. Well,
1: we got that to play for. Think
2: right. we're going to okay. get to it, guys, with five games to go, six games to go? Yeah.
1: I don't they know. We don't with, get to it. There's when, something that's
0: terribly wrong here. When, when Dave tells me that uh, Tondela is the, is tied for the, the team that has allowed the most goals this season, What's it time? smells to me like Benfica will win one nothing with a known goal.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't surprise it, me one bit. It, Chris, did you get uh, your match? Uh, the grass uh, report, the pitch report on uh, Tundela. What's going uh, on with Tundela? It's fish It should be year?
2: nice. Concelhos were and I couldn't leave my conselho this year, so I couldn't couldn't go out there and do my scouting report.
0: It's springtime. That grass should be green as green can be. Dave, these guys
2: are. They must have lost. Uh, since since you looked up those stats, because they're 10 victories, 14 losses. So the question I was going to make to you is, in American standards, they're four games below 500. Do you think their manager makes it back next year?
1: <laughs> no, I was say I was giving the last five games. They're three wins, one draw, one oh, loss. Okay, they're okay, okay. Five, okay my
2: bad. Yeah, yeah, all right. My bad. Don't ever 10- question the stat guide. No, no, I'm, I thought I could have sworn I thought he said 13. I'm sorry. I just whatever. So yeah, they're they're, you know, four games below 500, what we call in American standards here, Dave. That's that's that calls for a firing.
1: He'll survive. I think he'll survive. <laughs> this is one of their most successful campaigns yet. They're they're well above the relegation zone and usually they're fighting tooth and nail to stay in. Uh it is is in
2: 7th place with eight victories. <laughs>
0: Uh, just just looking at the table, man, that, uh, and Dave was mentioning that from like fifth place to like ninth or tenth place, eh, they're all separated
2: by very little. Six from six, thirty-eight, thirty-six, 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 thirty-five, thirty-four, thirty-three, thirty-one. 36, 36, 36, 35, 34, 33, 31. But still, bro, I mean, you have they, eight, 12 draws. Hey, right? they're fantastic at drawing. Eight victories in their seventh place. Then Santa Clara and Tondela with 10 victories apiece. Uh, 36 to 35 points. Then B side with seven, 13 draws. Ooh, they're the draw kings. Do they get an extra medal? Rewab's also got 12 draws. Do they get extra medals for like having the most draws in the league? Is that like a trophy you take home? Could be. been, so it's like could be one of those
0: trophies it? that, uh, that, uh, Sikh gave JJ at the end of, uh, one year from Rui Sanchez, remember?
2: No. What was it?
0: I don't remember. He gave JJ a trophy at the end of the season. The season with Sporting, when he lost his championship oh. to Portugal. I mean to Benfica.
2: Campeonato verdade, uma coisa assim, something like that. Yeah,
0: something like that. Uh, but anyway, that is all we got. Dave was gonna say something. Go ahead, Dave. Dave no, I was ahead, just Dave. gonna
1: say there's gonna be a club this year that finishes with more than thirty points and gets relegated by uh the way the tables look in this year. Usually is the magic number, but it looks like it's gonna need you're gonna need more than thirty points this year to uh stay in the first division.
2: Well, those are the twenty five points Benfica gave way to the bottom of the league. <laughs> a-
1: <laughs> like Robin Hood.
2: S- Mifiga Mifiga steal from the poor- rich
1: and give to the poor. Yeah.
2: Benfica and Porto have
0: given up a lot of points to the bottom, to the top, bo- to the bottom half of the table for sure. Anyway, that is all we got for you this week. We'll be back next week. We'll look back at the Stondela game and we'll look uh, ahead to the big game, the classic, which started to lose against Porto uh, a week from this uh,
2: this Thursday. Sergio Cessão is going to be there. He's going to be suspended. What do you think? What do you, Dave? I, what are the odds? <laughs> he's not going to be, be sp- there,
1: but. He- He's going to be 300 euros uh, lighter, less richer. Yeah.
0: 300 euros and 84 cents. What a fucking Um. joke, man. Uh, Anyway, um, at 10CO10, at 87DO87, at Bifiga Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter uh, and everywhere else. Uh, Thanks for checking us out. As always, Cristiano was a pleasure. Dave, it was a pleasure. We'll be back next week. And as we start counting down the end of the season, Baby, I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Take care, everyone.